everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. Nothing. Okay. Let's just let's just start talking. Okay. Okay is a word that's talking, isn't it? Well, or do you want a full sentence? Um, I, I mean, I just kind of thought that you communicated in auditory grunts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're more of sighs. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You Dude. know that is <sighs> that is you. You probably sat there at your desk and just hearing somebody. You know, I blame sighing Dustin. and sighing and sighing and tears. I mean, I want to know why why Luke's desk is so rusty mm-hmm. compared to your desk. And the only thing I can figure is sighs and tears. Mm-hmm. Is that? Do you concur with that assessment? Oh yeah, all the salt water <laughs> tears that come down. They keep my desk. You call me salty. <laughs> <laughs> the sweat. Well, we don't want you to cramp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your tears, your tears, Scott Tanneman. Well, that's South Park. It is right. Uh, no, I blame Dusty when Dusty was living with the Summers family. Uh, he early taught you how to per, sign. Was it that this year or last year? That uh, was 2019. 2019. Yeah, so the first half of 2019, first half of 2019, there was like he had a language of size. <laughs> it was just lots of size. There was like the personal life side. There was the work side. There was the tired side. There was the happy side. Just like a mostly unhappy size. <sighs> Uh, hangover side. <laughs> hangover side, yeah. So uh, I picked up on the old Dusty Crackers language. But no, ladies and gentlemen, this is not side time. This is podcast time. Side <laughs> time. It's podcast time where we yeah, podcast. That, that was this morning. Yeah. Yeah, you heard it. You heard the sigh coming in through the gate. Uh, that was the get to train with Nate sigh. The, uh, but now we are podcasting. That's right. We're podcasting. We're doing it. This is another episode of the Premier Podcast in strength and conditioning. Ing. Ing. <laughs> That's right, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Are we going to talk about the, the fact that Nate's driving a Subaru Forester? No, we don't have to. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm in the market for a Subaru Forester <laughs> as well. I think we should all drive them. You know who's a big uh, Subaru Forester guy? Uh, Rob Wolf. Rob Wolf. Yeah. He is a purple one. I remember when uh, I jokingly said, you still romping around in a Subaru? He's like, yeah, I love it. I'm like, <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I was and trying to rib him on a Subaru. And I, and I don't know if I knew that or what. Well, his wife's got a pickup truck. <laughs> and I'm like, Rob, I'm like, this is so emasculating. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Um, I think the Summers family is going that route. I refuse. So I'm refusing to buy out the lease on this VW. Oh. Here's why. I know, this, ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with what we're going to talk no, about. No, but this is always interesting to me. Mm-hmm. The, um, we're going to, like, there's plans to add to the family, right? Like, in that VW, is a bad, it was a bad lease. Have you slipped one past the goalie? Oh, I don't know. The goalie's been pulled. So yeah, so... Like, uh, the, game, the game is on. <laughs> so We don't know if one's in the net, but there's been shots on... Shots uh, are fired. Yeah, shots are fired. The, uh, we're talking about intercourse people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tex would never call it that, because... Uh, what do you call it? Well, there's a sheet usually there with a hole in it. Mm. A lot per- of weeping. For you to look through? Percolating. Or the, <laughs> Percolating. the 12th principle. 12th principle slay. Slay everything. Slay everything. But uh, so the point is, it. okay, so we're going to, 
the option is like a long-term long-term payment, right? Like five, six-year note on sure. this car, right? Like 72 months. Right. Just to, to, to maximize budget and everything that's going on and what we want to do. So then that ultimately a year from now, here's what we're going to realize. You can't fit two car seats in the back of this thing. So what are we going to have to do? We have to get out of this car. So and we're going to be upside down on it. Current kid seat is like in the middle? Yeah, yeah. It oh. barely fits. Is, is, uh, is there a bench in the back? There's a third row for ants. <laughs> like you can fit, not oh, the I, relative. Bo Colombo and I have been back there. Yeah, so it is like you can't put a kit car seat in the third row. Yeah. Um, but you if, can't put a car seat, two car seats in, in the middle row? You can put one car seat in the middle so the captain seats in the front seat can like be, be usable. Now, if you put a car seat behind the driver's seat, for example, there, there's no way an adult man and even adult woman Oh, can because fit. you can't put the seat back. Right. Oh. Because we got this third row, which was a bad idea in the first place, used four times since we've had the car. Seems yeah. like a good investment. So this, um, and I don't want to also, like we're not ready or poised to like get into, um, uh, to get into, Let's say a, a, a larger SUV. I'm ready for a minivan. Believe me, she's not. So my well, do you plan, know what I like about the minivans is that the doors slide. Oh, so like if I understand the practicality if, of the if minivan. Like, like okay, because uh, this is a big issue. Like you pull into a spot and then you're trying to get car seats out and you have yep. to open the door. Oh, yeah. Just having that door slide yeah, and then you can my, pull it out is amazing. My sister had an emotional breakdown, so she's got two kids, five and three. And at some point, I was there during Christmas, and she's got a Jeep Cherokee. SUV, but she was getting one kid out. This is when she was solo, getting one kid out on one side, and then when she goes around with the the younger, the three year old, to get the the fiver out, somebody had just like whoop, scooped in and was so close that she couldn't open the door at all. Yeah, and just one of those days, you know, holidays, everything. Yeah, and just like I'm getting a minivan. So what she needs to do is you teach the five year old how to get out of their own seat. And then when you take the little one out, you go, you make them jump over and get out on one side because uh, like that was my deal where like the kids all have to get out on one side when we're there because uh, if they both get out on, on either side, dude, like then I got to chase them. Yeah, well, you're spreading the defense out and it's just. Yeah, like one side, preferably the passenger side so that if they, you know, but yeah, no, yeah. it's. Um, well, I, it's I think they're, they're five and three now. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Oh, but maybe it was at little. a point. It was just a point. Yeah. Yeah, where they can't get out on their own. We're just like, F this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're getting a minivan. Give me those sliders. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, I still don't know why, like, um, normal cars don't have those sliders. Like, man, those things. Like, I was thinking on, like, uh, for Kate's truck, like, I wish the back doors just slid open. Mm-hmm. That'd be so much nicer. Well, the, have you all ridden in the Tesla SUV? Uh, the one that does the yeah. the Lambo doors? Mm-hmm. Um, I've never ridden in one, but I've seen it. So Brett Bartholomew's got one and had the opportunity to ride in it. But how the door works, it's not like a swing out. It kind of like goes up. It goes up. goes up, like straight up, similar to the, I guess, the, the space of the minivan. So mm-hmm. it goes up and then it, it protects you from the rain. They're actually... Um, I've never driven in one, but I, uh, a guy that came and shot some photos for, for us with Kate, uh, for Wade's army, he had one and I like got in it and like looked at it. It's kind of big inside. Yes. Like, like they somehow like created this egg shape where like they maximized the space I got in and I was like, well, this thing's pretty big, but, uh, it doesn't have a, I mean, for mm-hmm. us with three kids, it ain't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So my plan that I pitched Ashley was like high mileage. I'm talking like 150, 200,000 mile, 
2007 to 2010 manual transmission Ford Fiesta. <laughs> it's like the cheapest, most bulletproof car available. And she didn't bite on that, obviously. Uh, uh, so I wonder why. Yeah, it's the, it is the most practical purchase. I drive 11 miles a day. Here, back. That's it. Like, I only need a golf cart, dirt bike, or a Ford Fiesta. Like, get, just let me get oh, my manual you, transmission. They, you want her to... And she's taking the truck. You drive the truck, and then you get a Ford Fiesta. Yeah. Oh, wow. they, they still make them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, now where she's... Like, because this is classic couples negotiation, right? Like, I came in... So, it's called... <clears throat> text. I used to call it uh, Overton's window. The actual bias that you play into is called anchoring, right? So, you create... You create the... the uh, like this is where we're going. This is it. This is where we're going. So like, you know, $1,200 car, but now we're coming down and we're, we're looking back at where the whole thing started for Ashley, the Hyundai, Hyundai accent. Mm. Mm-hmm. So those are supposed to be like, same thing, bulletproof. Mm-hmm. If you get like, uh, the, uh, Was this the roller skates? fourth generation roller skates, 2017 will basically last forever. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. You drive the and, wheels off that thing. And if you can get it like, and you can turn those at the same, like essentially what you're, you're any sort of high mileage, like once you're over 150,000 miles on a three-year-old car, it's just like, that's what just, about, that's um, where it stays. Do you remember that the, 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 uh, the, the four door little tiny Nissan truck that Tom Dye drove? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Those things are absolutely bulletproof. Uh, mm-hmm. The and the only reason I know is Tom Dye drove one, and all the guys that do pools, like uh, like um, yeah. pool maintenance, they all drive that truck. And I asked the guy, I'm like, "What do you guys all drive this truck?" He's like, "He goes, not only can you drive them without any maintenance for like a couple hundred thousand miles, but you can flip them for about thirty percent of their value at with right. like it's two or three." Called the Nissan Frontier. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But they so those are high residual, so they're they're kind of expensive for a higher mileage uh, deal, and it's like a coin toss on those as well on depending how, how that person maintained it, mm. right? So if you can find one with maintenance records, oh, single Tom, owner. I'll buy Tom Dyes. Oh, I would but totally I buy yeah, but then, But you're going like, to yeah. pay top dollar for that, yeah. right? So that's still going to be $14,000, $16,000 truck. But, I mean, uh, brand new, how expensive are they? I think they're looking, 22 Yeah, I mean, you could buy yeah, a brand new one. I mean, what would the payment be, like 200 bucks a month? 2020 is a $26,000, probably... Based mm-hmm. just a quick Google, mm-hmm. so you could yeah, do like internet a, research. Five you, minute. You Google. could do like a seven year lease or a, a seven year deal and the pay like a fifty bucks. So the there's still the exit strategy is lost if we're going to exit the vehicle in a year or two. You know what I mean? Oh oh oh. So the plan is eventually. So this is just a stopgap for. Why not try to find to something months. today that like will last? We don't have the cash. Oh, okay. is, is basically the deal. We need a year to save it. So like, uh, so that's the play. Is like minimal investment, maximal return or minimal loss on the turn in 12, 14 months or whatever it shakes gotcha. out to be. Right. And is the uh, lease on her car almost up? Yeah. It's up in November. Ah, and I gotcha. we were going to buy it out. We bought tires and I just started running numbers recently and it's like, can't do it. I, I just, I can't, I can't do it. I want to get out of the car payment game. We've talked about this. I hate car payments. Yeah. Hey. And I was there. I was there, John. I was there. Now it's a little different. I think on the Cummins because I, I don't mind a car, but like I'm never going to get rid of that. It has, it's going to have to explode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, so my intent is to have that for decades. That's a little different, I think, in terms of like a car payment approach. If you're planning, but I know we're going to flip this next car. Like we're going to get out of it in two years. Have yeah. you looked into the Mazda Protege? I have looked into Mazdas. That the older sister I was speaking of earlier, that was her first car. She's the oldest. Uh-huh. So I remember wheeling and de- dealing in this, and it was awkward, super awkward, like teal green. Oh, that one. And my Ooh. friends. Yeah. 
Because she would like bust me and my friends around, and they called it the apple. So yeah. <laughs> they never fucking forgot the oh, apple. Yeah. yeah. So I can't wait to, you know, hopefully in a week or two, you guys are going to see me roll up in like a 2004 Ford Fiesta. God, that's what I want. I want like the most practical you, uh, do you and want hilarious hatch- clown hatchback. Like, of course, hatchback. What Dude, I would like put to my see subs. You, what I would like to see you in <laughs> is like. Maybe like uh, like a late '80s, early '90s 5.0 Mustang LX. Dude, you know that's my dream car. You know who I'm turning into? We, my buddy Gus, uh, down the street in the neighborhood, uh, we used to call his dad Bonkers Bill because he was just like the most frugal and pragmatic dude. He drove like an '88 Honda Civic, and he tallied. He would ta- he had a notepad in there to tally all the tolls that he blew. So that each month he could determine how much he saved by not paying tolls. <laughs> so how? Did, but didn't didn't they send him? Oh, uh, eventually, yeah. Eventually, once the camera, like this is before cameras and uh, iPass and stuff like that. So then, like his whole plan got foiled on that. And then he, uh, I, I'm certain he started to like detour just, around tolls and then tally it that way. You know, or just cover, cover his license plate. He's got a button that just covers the license plate. I've thought about that. Like there, so there's um. Isn't there like a tape you can put on it? There's so that a the tape, angle- that, but there, there's another one where um, somebody somehow wired up lights that you hit a button and it shines like a ton of oh, light. So then you, it like it, glares. Yeah. So it glares and just basically makes a starburst. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, cause that coloring or anything that you see on the license plates, like police will see it and pull yeah, you over because yeah, you're not allowed to cover it. But if you have the lights, but then it, you can- yeah. So, but the lights just shoot. You guys can't just take it off your back windshield. <laughs> That's classy text. Yeah, that is good. Anyway, enough about me and enough about... Uh, thank you, for John, for your... I mean, huh. I think we're we're about a year out from the John Wellborn plan, <laughs> but we need like a really frugal Luke Summers, like funny story, probably regret it plan. I just need that in my life right now. What's the car, if you turn the blinker on, like the left blinker and somebody rear-ends you, the gas tank explodes? Uh, that would be a Pinto. Oh, you should get one of those. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Uh, I tell you what I really want is a Ford Probe. Those things were dope. <laughs> What, no good? My roommate in college had a Ford Probe, and dude, I used to laugh because it looked like it was fast, but that thing, I mean, you could it couldn't get out of its way with like all the hope in the world. Like it, it was such a slow piece of shit. Yeah, but and they I remember, look so cool. I remember like we, I was like, ooh, I like, I'd never ridden a Probe. I was like, ooh, this Probe's pretty kind of neat. He gets in it, and we're like driving it, and I'm like, are, are you? Floor it. I am. This car sucks. <laughs> oh, exactly. Here's, here's, here's a blog I found that with a picture of the Probe. The Ford Probe was meant to be the all-new Mustang, but the public hated it. I loved it. It had uh, the flip-up yeah, headlights. Yeah, flip-up headlights. It had the, like what it looked like a one strip of glass around. <laughs> um, let me see the picture. Is there a picture? It's, yeah, it's it's so ugly. Is that how I remember it? Yeah, that's it. Dude, that car's sick. Uh, you know, it, it would be cool if you took it and put like an LS motor in it <laughs> and made like, you know, like legit. Let it like, just scream. Yeah, 500 horse. People are like, is this a probe rear-ending me? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, I just flew through you. Cut you like a hot knife through butter, baby. Okay, let's get on to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a crew episode. It is not meant to be about Ford Fiestas and um, Hyundai Elantras dude, uh, or accents. Uh, just one more Ford Fiesta. So the on Sunday, I was on uh, BK Parkway, and um, I was, I mean, it's 50 there, and I think I was doing like 65, so I'm mm-hmm. doing 15 over. This lady is riding my ass to the point where only I can only see the top of her head mm. or, or see, see her face. Yeah. She's driving a red uh, Ford Escort, huh. right? Yeah. With a cigarette 
on her lip. I like that. Old lady. Oh, yeah. Riding my ass. And so I like get over. She goes by, flips me the bird mm-hmm. going 15 over and like must have had that thing pegged. And I was thinking, I'm like, should I just rear end her? Can I shoot her tires out? Like, but then I'm like, yeah, cancer will get her soon. Mm-hmm. That's the type of gal who probably has like a shirt that says <laughs> Dillagaff, you know, and wears it to Walmart. Dillagaff. Does it look like I give a fuck? <laughs> who drives with like. You've never heard Dillagaff? I, I haven't seen anybody drive with a cigarette just, just. Like this on the lip, like yeah, dangling. Yeah, that's dope. That's cool. Yeah, just like that. that's what cool guys look like. Uh, probably w- just reminded me while we're just talking about random shit. One of the most redneck things I've ever seen is going into a gas station. People that get out of the car that are smoking, they just leave it in the in their hood. So, you know, like the space in between, like the hood and the, and the doors in the quarter panel. Quarter panel. They just place their still lit cigarette, smoking cigarette, and go into the gas station to do whatever. Come out, pick it up, and. Take off. Now, have you ever seen anybody smoke a cigarette while pumping gas? Do it all the time. When do you guys smoke? <laughs> Free gasoline fire. Uh, dude, I've, I, I haven't seen you it. You got into one of those. I haven't seen it in the like, uh, since I was a kid, but like back in the 80s and the 90s, like maybe not in the 90s when they, because they started having all those uh, commercials and warning signs and the whole deal. But like I remember seeing people smoking while filling up with gas and being like, Bold move. Yeah, yeah, bold move. Cotton. Bold strategy. Let's see if it works out for you. <coughs> um, so yeah, much yeah. so that they ended up putting up no smoking signs. And the hilarious part about it is people are like, why do they have no, no smoking signs around gasoline? I'm like, because people used to smoke at the pump. I remember seeing it. I don't know that they're up anymore. Maybe you can do it. Like, maybe they've repealed that. I'm Granted, I haven't really looked for a no smoking sign they're at a gas pump. Always. I will right. now. Yeah, I'm going to see. Well, you if guys they're are, not there, I'm lighting But you up. guys are putting diesel in, which isn't a big and deal. And leave can, the truck running. Yeah, I always leave it running. Oh, yeah. So I, and the, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, 100%. Let's talk about the hotline, ladies and gentlemen. We have a phone number that if you dial... Hit our little voicemail and you can ask us questions. We ask you be bold, you be brief, and you be gone. And we have a question for you today from Mr. Fig Newton. I thought it was Fig from Newton. Oh, yeah. Fig from Newton. Both. Massachusetts. And we're talking a little bit of training. So you guys ready to, to see what TC has to say? I'll take that silence as a yes. Oh, you outed him. Oh, I mean Fig. Hey, crew. It's TC. Uh, <laughs> you got me in the last episode. I'll... Just use my real name, I guess. Um, I have a relative who has recently started lifting weight, and he's feeling a lot better. Uh, he's older, and he doesn't he doesn't want to lift anything heavy. He wants to stay in a higher rep range, which I was okay with. But he's but he's doing 20, 30, 50 reps at a time one, maybe two sets of each exercise. And I'm trying to get him to, I mean, at least get down into the eight. So what advice would you give him? Thanks. Bye. Uh, bye. Thanks, TC, for always calling. <laughs> just, when, just when he goes away, he pulls us back in. Yeah, 48 seconds. So this relative of yours. Uh, TC's dad? Let's just assume it's him. Older guy. Older guy. 60s. 70s. 70s. I think 70s. 60s, 70s, 60s, 60s. 70s, whatever. Um, and so he's probably working at TC, working out at TC's home gym, which is actually pretty stacked. It's yeah. like a, he's got a nice setup there. So I, I imagine he's going on like the incline hammer or, you know, doing high rep 
bench press. You know, I sent him the link for that hammer incline because it was in Massachusetts, hoping that he would uh, buy it and then drive it down here, and he just bought it. Mm. So bold move. Bold move. (laughs) Worked out pretty well. Good thing. Good thing I had Ben Taylor looking for me. So here's the tricky thing because he's also. I would. I feel like this older relative is suffering some ailments from a bunch of overuse from his profession. And like, isn't the volume, John, like, isn't there just a risk of exacerbating that? Or Um, is it not the volume that's the problem? What's the problem here? uh, Let's take it from like the least non-crazy approach we can take. Is he doing something? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which is better than nothing. Interesting. So the fact that he's doing something and what we have to remember is like it's baby steps, it's progression. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on an article which hopefully I'll have done today that's basically the secret sauce. It's it's the similar piece. It's the, uh, I guess you could say the other part of just tell me what to eat. It's, it's what are the basics that as an individual that wants to lift weights needs to adhere to? Like what are mm-hmm. the principles that have been tried and true that I've observed over the last 20 plus years? And uh, the West Side guys, um, if you read any of their stuff, they really poo-hoo progressive. They really poo-hoo progressive overload. Um, but in a sense, by rotating through bars and following the conjugate system, you are kind of sticking with some form of progressive overload because every time that comes up, you're trying to add weight, you're trying to add reps. And I think where people mess up with progressive overload is they're so focused on um, you know adding weight to the bar, but also you know what the reps look like. So you can do it in both ways. So in a sense. He's doing some form of progressive overload. If he's, let's say he's doing 20 reps, if the next time he comes in, he does like 22, 25. We also know that if he's training to failure, um, that would be, you know, beneficial, even in those higher rep ranges with lighter weights for some type of hypertrophy as an older man that he would want to try to gain. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you look at the actuary tables and, you know, you start talking about longevity, the person that maintains their muscle mass the longest will effectively live the longest life. Uh, like, you know, just like dogs, dogs stop eating, they lose a bunch of weight, they usually die, same with people. Um, so my thing with TC's dad is, is the rep range and what he's doing ideal? No. Is it better than doing nothing? Yes. Well, but is it on- if he, okay, if, if, if we're going with just the tip, just to get it, you know, just see how it feels just to start, I think it's a great starting point. The problem is, where is he from, where is he a month from now, where is he three months from now, where are these six months from now? Mm-hmm. TC's also dealing with proximity bias, where if it's your parents or somebody lives within your town, they can't be an expert. They're too close. Somebody farther away from you has to be the expert. Mm-hmm. So we met TC's dad. Um, I think he still thinks that we're a bunch of idiots because we're, you know, kids. Oh, why I would you say a bunch of idiots, but no. But uh, it's probably I, like, why would you have my son out here, morons? Well, and and like, I I thought his dad was uh, was very agreeable, um, but I think the problem is. Uh, you know, is it, there's, there's the cliche, it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks and it's because they're set in their ways. So I think what the easiest way for TC to do it would be like, okay, if his dad goes in and grabs, let's say 20 pound dumbbells and he does a set of 30, the next time he comes in, I would hide those 20 pound dumbbells and I'd be like, Hey dad, I don't know where the twenties are. Why don't you grab the 25s? Mm-hmm. How many reps can you get? If he gets 30 reps, all right, great. We'll just stick on thirties and we're going to try to do some progressive overload by adding weights. But I'd say to him, hey, uh, why don't we try to peel this and change this? And, and then you can also add some variability with different movement patterns. I think what I would get stuck on is he's probably doing the same movements yep. over and over. He's doing one to two sets of 30 reps of this movement, and he's doing it every single day. Mm-hmm. So giving him a little progression and rotating through like a push and a pull, upper and lower, 
Um, you know, I guarantee he's not really following any of the primals. He's just kind of doing what he can do, which in the grand scheme of things, if we take a big step back, it's better than doing nothing, but is it optimal? So I think like there's what we can do, what we want to do, and then when there's what's optimal. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, ideally, we're hitting three to five sets of kind of limit weight on that five to 10 rep range on some compound movements, right? Like maybe that's something to strive to. Yeah. But in the meantime, inching towards that where there's a couple common themes, right? You're taking movements to failure, even if it's a higher rep range. And then also increasing load and taking those to failure, right? So like you're saying, if he's doing, let's say some chest pressing on a hammer incline and, um, he can get 25 reps with 90 pounds on there, you know, 45 on each side. I'm just saying, well, take that. And he has more in the tank. Step one is just going to say, take it all the way to the end. Right. Then maybe step two is like, all right, take it all the way. Next time you do that, which should be in a few days, add a little weight and take it all the way to the end and just keep that pattern up. Right. Sure. Or don't add any weight and do more reps. Yeah. So yeah, like that's a progressive overload. Like, are you adding more reps? The problem is when you start getting into like 30, 40, and 50 reps, right? Um, like the stimulus is dramatically reduced, even if he's going to failure. But the problem is, is how many bullets does he really have in his gun? Right. And that's, so like that's mm-hmm. the, the the issue I run into. Like overuse like, and wearing yeah, out. Right? Yeah. O- overuse because he's had tendon, he's had some other issues. Um, you know, tear like he tore his biceps tendon and all the other stuff. So what he's effectively doing is like let's say, um, and we'll use a shooting analogy. Like let's say the barrel has uh, a barrel life of 3000 rounds. And all of a sudden now you're, you know, shooting all these rounds and, you know, eventually your barrel's going to wear yep. out and you're going to replace your barrel. I think, uh, the load is, is a factor, but I think if he wants to progress, he's going to have to do some form of progressive overload, either with weights or reps. Mm-hmm. I would go as far as trying to out trick him by hiding weights. Yeah. And the goal should ultimately be to increase the reps to the point where those max rep attempts are in that like Like, less than 15. Well, yeah. I mean, if we could, uh, I don't really ever see TC's dad doing like a heavy five on anything, but I would say something in like the eight to 15 range where he's handling a weight somewhere around 65, 70% -hmm. of what he could handle for a one RM. Not that we would necessarily test him and still getting the 40 reps, 50 reps, but over three sets. But but, yeah. So, so looking at frequency as the ability to build volume, maybe he's like, okay, Hey dad, I want you to do one set of each three times a week opposed from three sets on one day. Oh yeah. You know, so I mean, there's different ways like, um, frequency is just an interesting way to stack volume. Like, um, if we know you need to get, you know, 20 sets per body part a week to continue to drive adaptation for an advanced athlete, we can do 10 and 10. Mm -hmm. You can do 20 on one day. You can do, you know, mix it up and, um, you know, do a a 10 and a five and a five over the course of three days. Um, I think for a guy like TC's dad, somewhere around 10 sets over the course of a week would be pretty good. Mm -hmm. And like an upper lower push pull type of split, ideally. So if he could, or I would actually have him train almost like a full body, different movement pattern. So like if he did an upper, like let's say he did a press and a, some leg stuff, like, um, you know, some form of knee bending, uh, X axis. Then the next time I would have him do, um, you know, something that looked like an opposing movement. Like if you bench, I'd have him row for the upper body and then mm-hmm. do something that maybe looks okay. like more of a hamstring kind of yeah, back yeah. to front. So he's training a full body. Cause I think that way he would feel like I'm getting work done every day. Mm-hmm. And then you could also be like, Hey, instead of you sitting here doing endless reps, we got to move you through set a clock and say, Hey, we got 
30 minutes to get this work done three days a week. We're going to do a full body. So you're going to continue to train. And uh, if he refuses, I would just start hiding weights. Mm, there you go. There you go. Maybe it'll work. Well, anything he, else, Tex? Yeah, uh, he has plenty of opportunity to change his appeal. So he's trying to use TC's logic against his dad. But we, we know, since we know him personally, he has golf, and he's still working. He's still active in his career, which involves a lot of movement and some fine motor skills. So aim to appeal and connect to things he enjoys outside and things that you enjoy with him outside, like your, your golf trips and outings and things. So try different appeals. You're trying to simply use logic rather than what he is passionate and very emotional about. Try to tap into those to bring it back into what you're aiming to accomplish. Um, mm -hmm. So he's, getting, he's trying to get his dad to see it like he sees it. And unfortunately... Unfortunately, that's not going to work. And he has reached out to us and expressed mm -hmm. that it's not working. Yeah, yeah. So the more that he can aim to connect to see it like his father and then bridge this gap between what he wants him to do, then he'll, he'll put himself in a better position to appeal and change this. Well, the behavior. other one, too, is, um, you know, the problem, and I, I think I even ran into this with my own dad, where it, because it's your kid, you have a harder time because you, you know, uh, you're like, man, I remember you as a baby wiping your ass. So it's, it's hard as an adult. And like I dealt with this with my dad, um, trying to give him advice, nutrition, the whole deal. And then all of a sudden, like the doctor or somebody he would deem as an expert says, he's, he's like, oh, what do you think about this? And I'm like, I think I'm taking crazy pills. It happens with my mom. So maybe um, TC's appeal to authority can't come from him because he's too close. So maybe it's uh, finding somebody that TC's dad deems as an expert, having, you know, talking to them, being like, hey, like this is, you know, and what, what we're proposing here is, is uh, intelligent strength conditioning. But finding somebody that maybe TC's dad trusts and that maybe holds, and not that he doesn't hold his son in high esteem, but as a parent, you probably think your kid's an idiot. Um, and maybe making an appeal that way and being like, I'm having a tough time influencing my dad. Could you give him this same information? And then at that point, it's coming from two different ones because it feels like, you know, this kid's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. Or maybe not the same, but like, again, using anchoring, right? So TC wants you hitting four by eights on a barbell. Well, what if, what if you can get someone to say, no, you don't need that. Here's what you need. And it's like, you know, three by 15, but you need to kind of increase the weight over time. Like maybe, so yeah. it's a step down and off of <clears throat> the nonsense that's been presented by my, you know, my offspring. I, yeah. Your progeny, the progeny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good luck, buddy. It's a good question. I'm curious to see how it shakes out. Who knows? Um, I, maybe Mr. Seal actually listen to this and he'll be like, you know, those guys are Idiots. Sharp, sharp tools. Well, what if he had another dentist like mm. uh, Randy Summers? Randy Summers, also the same problem. Same <laughs> thing every day. Every day. 20 reps, two sets, 20 reps, everything. That's it. But he feels like it's working. So I'm like, you got to kind of like, you got to do something to make it harder each time. Yeah, you're an idiot. Nah, you know, I'm fine. Uh, salty old crusty dentites. <laughs> what are you going to do? They got to figure it out. What are you going to do? I guess everything you can. Anything you can. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in and listening to another crew episode of the Premier Podcast in Strength and Conditioning. Ing. 
Ing. That's right, folks. The hotline is open, and we're waiting to hear from you. You just call us, and you leave a message, and we'll get to it. 929-464-464-0. 929-ing, ing, zero. That's right. All right, until next time. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!